Hi, I'm Kevin Bell, retired public affairs NCO and now a civilian public affairs guru with the 19th ESC public affairs team. And I'm Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, the 19th ESC public affairs NCOIC. This is a special day. As you get to hear the first ever 19th ESC podcast, aptly titled the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast, as well, that's our motto. And of course, our first guests are the 19th ESC Command Team, Brigadier General Stephen Allen and Command Sergeant Major LaDerek Green. Well, we do, after all, work for them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we, we had a great conversation. They talk about their experiences in the Army, about what an ESC does, and the challenge of logistics in Korea. And we also learned a, a bit more about each of them during the lightning round. And you'll, you'll find out what that is in just a minute. But there's going to be a lot more, so be sure to subscribe to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast on your podcast app of choice. And here we go. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Team 19 Every Soldier Counts podcast. I'm Staff Sergeant Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC here at 19th ESC. Today we are excited to be joined by the command team of Team 19. We have Brigadier General Stephen Allen and Command Sergeant Major LaDerek Green. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here in the studio. Glad to be here. Thank you, Staff Sergeant Ross. All right, we're going to start with a couple of easy questions, getting to know you. Um, we've both seen your command bios. A lot of us have. Just goes over your careers. But, sir, what your command bio doesn't say is what brought you to the Army and also what led you from the land of infantry to the world of logistics. Well, uh, how much time do we have? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, growing up, uh, uh, I was exposed to the uh, a lot of people in the military and, uh, uh, you know, to include relatives. And uh, I wanted to make a, a choice first going to school. And I had always thought about joining the Army uh, or joining the service and uh, got to a point uh, during my freshman year at uh, college that uh, I finally made the jump. And, uh, you know, there's, there's to me it always boils down to about three reasons. And the first one is that uh, the education opportunities uh, earn a little bit of money while going to school. Uh, the second one is uh, to do something bigger than myself. And then the third one was because I could. Now, if you take a look at, uh, 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 you know, people joining the Army um, or even the service, that 18 to 24-year-old group and those that were eligible, uh, you know, just having the ability to join the service uh, was a big deal back then. And Sergeant Major, same question to you. What, what brought you into the Army? Uh, yes, sir. and so thank, thank, thank you for having us here today. Uh, so when I look back, I come from a small town of uh, Mississippi, and um, I came from a family of service. Uh, Ten or 13 uncles served, um, and I think the most important thing is um, I've seen a big difference in uh, my family members when they returned from service and the pride they had within their service. Also, what it uh, truly gave me uh, was an ability to break this thing they call the poverty trap, so... 
um, service has created a lot of opportunities for me, my family, and also to improve the lives of our soldiers. So, uh, so when I look back at it, uh, I really wanted to, one, as the commander stated, become a part of something that was, you know, larger than myself, uphold a family legacy, and and really be um, a value added uh, to my community. So I guess that kind of sums it up, uh, what drove me to service. And so, Sergeant Major, what was your initial MOS then? And so my initial MOS was that of a 55 Romeo, an ammunition stock accountant specialist. It has since changed in the Army, uh, that MOS, to 89 Bravo. So I, I actually started off as an accountant and uh, transitioned to now a, a transporter, right? And, sir, I know you, you started out as infantry? Uh, no, I actually started out as an engineer. Uh, enlisted engineer, uh, originally joined uh, again for the incentives uh, as a uh, heavy equipment operator, 62 Juliet. And uh, I was in a really good engineering unit uh, where I grew up. And uh, that got me, uh, you know, the, the life and times down to Fort Leonardwood for a good summer, time for the basic and AIT. And then uh, as I was going through school, I went ahead and uh, jumped over to uh, uh, Leap of Faith into the ROTC program and then uh, put my request in and uh, chose to be an infantry officer. And I did that for uh, four years, uh, knowing that I was going to be a, a branch detail over to quartermaster. Okay, sounds good. All right, gentlemen, we're going to shift gears slightly here now. We're going to do something we call the lightning round. And what this is going to be... <laughs> so I'm going to have, we're going to have some rapid-fire questions going back and forth to both of you, and you both have the luxury of one pass where you can pass the question to the other chair. So the, we're looking for short answers to these questions. So we'll start with you, sir. What is something surprising we would find on your workout playlist? Silence. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Major. <laughs> Nothing. He likes to read. <laughs> Sorry, Major, what is your favorite place to travel to? The gym. Okay. <laughs> Sir, where were you when you found out you were going to be promoted to Brigadier General? Oh, that, that's an easy one. It was uh, in Florida, uh, Orlando at uh, uh, Disney World. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry, Major, if you, were, if you were the next SMA, what's one thing you would change in the Army? I would give everyone the ability to wear sports tape to prevent injuries. Absolutely. <laughs> Sir, what was something you did as a young soldier that current soldiers today maybe wouldn't understand? Growing up, I would say uh, the ability to write, communicate uh, through the written word. Uh, you read that as mail. Uh, versus the digital capabilities that we have today and the use of uh, phones for, for conversation uh, versus what they are used for today. Sir, uh, do you have a favorite event from history you like to study? I'm glad you're giving him all the difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll uh, answer right now. Uh, Korean War. Okay. Right now. Uh, we are opportunities to learn and even share with those who have served here uh, is a uh, great opportunity. And this is one very large staff ride uh, in itself here. Okay, last question, Sergeant Major. 
What was your least favorite subject in school? Math. Okay. I didn't make it past math to algebra. <laughs> All right, we're going to give you both a, uh, an opportunity to catch your breaths. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get back into uh, the easy questions, talking about what we do here at 19th ESC. Stay tuned. Hi, this is our first class, Sam Martinez, 19th ESC, SHARP program, NCOIC, and Area 4's lead SARC. Every member of the Army family deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Even one incident of sexual harassment or sexual assault is one too many. Don't be a bystander and watch something happen. Recognize it and intervene by condemning acts of sexual misconduct. Don't tolerate obscene gestures, language, or behavior anywhere or at any time. Sexual harassment and sexual assault inflicts unimaginable pain on its victims. It directly and negatively impacts our ability to complete our mission here in Korea. If you need information about how to prevent sexual harassment and sexual assault, you can contact me at DSN 763-4067 or via cell phone at 010-6365-6953 on our 19th ESC Sharp Facebook page or on the 19th ESC website. Always remember... Every soldier counts. Okay, we're back at the 19th ESC Team Every Soldier Counts podcast. With me again is Brigadier General Stephen Allen and Command Sergeant Major Lederick Green. Gentlemen, when we walk into work every day here at Camp Henry, we see a couple things on the building. We see Every Soldier Counts. We see Team 19 what do those words mean to you, sir? Well, I'm going to, for the Ever Soldier Council, I'm going to pass this one over to the Command Sergeant Major, and then I'll come back and answer it. Uh, yeah, so when you look at Every Soldier Counts um, and Team 19, I, I'll just start with, you know, Team 19 and Every Soldier Count is not just a motto. It's a way of life. It's a culture in which all our soldiers, our Korean nationals, our caduceus, our civilians live by here within our family. So it's not just a team. Uh, we call this organization a family. So I think every soldier count kind of captured the essence of who we are as an organization. Similar to Command Sergeant Major said, is uh, when I take a look at that, it's every, every single soldier on the peninsula counts. Every, every single person uh, that is in support of our soldiers counts. Uh, it takes a lot from the time somebody decides they want to join the Army or the service uh, to come in, to get trained, to get equipped, and for us to do what we need to do to receive them on the peninsula uh, to ensure that their uh, sponsorship is in place, uh, that they're received uh, all the way through the, the, the flights coming over until they get to their unit and then uh, all the way indoctrinated into their unit uh, and to be able to take care of them. And uh, it's important that we ingrain that, <coughs> excuse me, that we have that uh, uh culture set in place uh, to make sure that they're, f they're feel part of a family and that uh, includes uh, building that trust. Yes. So when you, when you, when you look into the commander's point um, for, for many of our soldiers, they're first term soldiers, you know, join as we stated earlier to become a part of something greater than themselves. And so ensuring that they're properly sponsored is a key part of, you know, what we do here. And so when you, uh, I would say come a part of the army family and in this case, Team 19 family, uh, what better way as symbolism on who we are when you come to this headquarters and see every soldier counts? Um, 
I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a critical part in what we do because uh, this really shapes the values, attitudes, and beliefs of our first-term soldiers as a commander stated. How do we inculcate them into this thing we call the Army professional and, and let them know that also, even though you're away from family, you're still amongst family. I look at uh, Team 19 as not just the ESC, but every, everybody in, uh, in the 19th ESC across the peninsula and everybody in Area 4 because uh, it takes everybody down here to be able to do our, our critical mission sets, uh, which becomes Team 19. And so that, that is, uh, uh, we receive everybody in, everybody that's down and operating in this area, uh, they're, they're part of that bigger team, and uh, we would not be able to do the whole mission set without them. Yes, sir. And so, uh, and, and one um, last point to the commander's uh, comments is, every soldier counting Team 19 and the holistic view of it we also talk about our alliance, right? Uh, so that team is our combined team, that our team with our Katusas, and in many cases working with our Rock Army counterparts and our Korean nationals. So we call that here Kopshi Kopshi Day. We go together. Uh, so I think, again, that that just kind of captures the essence of what it means to serve here on the Korean Peninsula and a part of Team 19 family. And speaking of the Korean Peninsula, Sir Major, n- another phrase we see around Korea is assignment of choice. So what, what does that phrase mean to you, and, and, and how, how has it been your assignment of choice well, during your time here? So when you look at the um, assignment of choice, um, so what, we, what we're really trying to do is capture um, what do soldiers, family members, uh, Korean nationals, you know, what culture do we create for them, for them to choose our organization, for them to communicate to others outside the organization, you know, the benefits of serving inside of our Team 19 family. So as the commander stated early, the assignment of choice is it's different from uh, for family members and each soldier just based off their needs, wants, and desires and what they've joined here to do. For us as leaders, how do we understand that and provide to family soldiers, our Korean nationals, and even our Katusas, things that they joined for? Uh, and at the same point in time, it gives them the ability to accomplish you know, the things that we need them to do for us in our Fight Tonight mission. I'll say uh, that uh, it, it takes more than just three words, assignment of choice, to be able for people to want to come here and serve, and then sometimes even come back for a second and third tour. Uh, and it, it takes all areas uh, for the, the where they live, what they have access to, uh, the people, the safety, the security, the, the team, uh, do they feel wanted? Uh, those are key factors that go above and beyond three words. It takes leaders to be engaged from the time that somebody first finds out they're going to come here uh, to uh, the first impression when they step off the plane in, into uh, the terminal how they are greeted, received, <clears throat> and all the way through their first tour, whether that's one year or command-sponsored uh, with their family for two years or even three years. It takes active leadership at Echelon uh, to really back up what you say with three words. There's a lot of acronyms in the Army. Um, some are more familiar than others. When you, when you hear ESC, maybe there's probably a lot of soldiers 
outside organization who don't know what that stands for. What does, if you were to explain what an ESC does to a, a civilian family member, how would you explain that to them? Uh, so if you were to explain the ESC to a family member, I guess in this COVID-19 em- environment, it would be better described as uh, delivering things that they need to their front door at the point of need, um, those critical items um, that they need to support their, their life, to ensure that they maintain a healthy lifestyle, and that they're living in a safe environment. Well, that's what we do here in the 19 Expeditionary Sustainment Command for all organizations across the Korean Peninsula and armistice and also in, in, at a time of war. To break it down uh, in, in sim- simplistic terms, if a family has a- ever had to move from one part of the United States to another part, whether they're affiliated with the military or not, and they have household goods and they have food and cars and uh, things like that, that they've got to pick up and move. You know, our mission there is to do that for our soldiers. Uh, and it, in uh for training and peacetime, and then also if we had to uh, change this into a uh, uh, contingency. Uh, all those type of commodities that you would typically need, some type of transportation, some type of uh, uh, subsistence or ration support, some type of fuel capability. Uh, if you have own personal weapons, you're worried about those and your ammunition. Uh, and then if your vehicles, uh, to prevent them from breaking down, maintenance capability to do that. That's, it, it, to, in simplistic terms, for me, is what we do on a very large scale. And you touched on a little bit there, sir, when you mentioned contingencies, but um, you both served in a number of sustainment units, but what makes our, as the largest forward deployed ESC in the Army, what makes our sustainment mission here challenging and different from other ones? So when 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 you look at our sustainment mission and what's so unique about it, I think it's a combined relationship um, here on in South Korea. It's much different than if you were partnered in, you know, the relationships in which we have in Iraq or Afghanistan, or even even more so if you look at uh, Germany. Um, so here, um, not only our combined nature with our Rock Army counterpart uh, and our Fight Tonight mission. Uh, because where we stand is where we're going to fight. There's no deployment to another country to fight a, a, a threat. So this relationship here on the South Korean in South Korea is a very unique relationship. Additionally, if you look at the majority of the soldiers here are first-term soldiers. Um, so that creates its own um, unique challenges, but even so, its advantages. So I'm, I'm sure all of us know the challenge with in many cases, and you look at the COVID environment, soldiers are coming directly from basic training AIT. So, so in the first three months, really, they've been here nine months without seeing their family. Uh, so that's, that's challenging within, in and of itself when we talk about resiliency. However, um, the closeness that we have, and we kind of talked about Team 19, the family atmosphere, every soldier count, career assignment of choice, this was, gives us the ability to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, so that's the uniqueness about serving here in this organization and, and in Korea. Uh, taking a look at uh, what we do on a, uh, a daily basis and who we interact with, uh, it's, it starts with people. And, and the relationships that you built and have maintained for several years, if not decades, uh, to keep a strong bond, a strong alliance uh, moving forward. 
that just doesn't happen overnight. And it takes uh, continuous engagement, training, combined uh, uh, engagements, and uh, not just on uh, uh, the military side, but also on uh, the civilian side. Uh, we have great relationships uh, here in the Daegu area and uh, in Area 4. And that is, that is, to me, key being forward deployed at main, establishing, maintaining, and uh, keeping those relationships moving forward. Everything else inside of the ESC, we have our, our core units, uh, but we also have to be ready to receive more and uh, be providing support for uh, not just Army, but joint uh, and multinational support, which we have done uh, for some of the training that we do. That, that to me, is, is one of the big differences uh, being forward deployed. And we, we're in the new year right now. We've, we're coming up on just about one year um, since the COVID outbreak when we, we started really um, in the fight against that. What are you both telling leaders within our formation for how we're going to win that fight through 2021? Let me preface this with where we sit now is the it was the epicenter for the epidemic uh, here in South Korea with 6,000 infections directly outside of our gate by 1.6 miles from the, the entrances here. And so one of the uh, key factors that protected our force and protected our community was, was very simplistic. Wear your mask and ensure that you're adhering to enhanced sanitation procedures, washing your hand, disinfecting uh, frequently, touch surfaces, et cetera. So what made us a success then are the same things that's going to make us a success in the future. From somebody who is uh, stateside while this was happening in South Korea, from a distance watching it <clears throat> was uh, much different than back stateside, what we're just starting to go through. And it wasn't really until I got on the ground to see the dedication and adherence across the formations to the core tenants and how it was, it was working uh, with the, the, the discipline to wear of the mask, the hand sanitation, the social distancing, uh, mining your meter. Uh, I, I flew in actually when it was in Charlie, HP Con Charlie, into this area, and then about a week later, while I was in quarantine, we went to Bravo. So I had an experience. I didn't understand what Charlie really meant. I heard stories. So I was enjoying Bravo for about two and a half months, and then all of a sudden we snapped back. Then I had a, a real understanding of what uh, everybody here had been going through since mid-February to about May time frame uh, down here in Daegu. And... Uh, uh, after 39 days of being at Charlie, I was, just, I was like, okay, uh, I, I, I understand. And keeping the foot on the gas on uh, the mask wearing, the hand sanitation, uh, and, and for new people coming in starting early, starting with the sponsorship piece, to let them know that you know, you're coming to uh, Republic of Korea, uh, the core tenants are working. Uh, and if you're not comfortable wearing your mask, Get ready because it, it's, it's, you're going to wear it and it's going to work. I want to thank you both again for coming by for our inaugural episode here of the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. We definitely have a lot more we could discuss, so 
I'm sure we're going to have you both on in the future. And there you have it, the first ever 19th ESC podcast. In our next episode, we talk with Captain Quanquita Wright of 65th Medical Brigade's Behavioral Health Team, who provides a lot of good advice about how to stay mentally sharp during a time of the year when the holidays, cold weather, and lack of sunlight make all of us just a tad bit less mentally sharp. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast on your podcast app of choice. And remember, every soldier counts. Every soldier counts.